Hi, this is Nee. I'm the Marketing and Communications Specialist at CARE. I'm Melissa. I'm one of the Violence Prevention Coordinators at CARE, and you are listening to The Narrative Project. Hi everyone, Nika here with some of my amazing colleagues. Welcome back to another episode of The Narrative Project hosted by UCI CARE. The UCI CARE office provides free and confidential support services to members of the UCI community impacted by sexual assault, relationship abuse, family violence, and or stalking. UCI CARE aims to end these forms of power-based personal violence by engaging the campus community in education, programming, and transformative action. Before we get into today's topic, I'll let everyone introduce themselves with their names, pronouns, their affiliation, where they're calling in from today, and a quick description of themselves and their backgrounds. I can go ahead and start. So hi, y'all. My name is Nika. I use she, they pronouns. I'm a marketing communications intern here at UCI CARE, and I'm calling from the Bay Area. All right, I'll go next. Um, my name is Pazal. I um, am a outreach and prevention education intern at the CARE office, and I'm also the president of Gamma Phi Beta at UCI. Um, I'm calling in from Irvine today. I have uh, long black hair. I'm wearing a blue shirt and I have a blue UCI care background with a Peter the Anteater and care contact information. In the um, my name is Irene. I use she, her pronouns. I'm a psych major at UCI and I'm currently calling from the Bay Area. Um, I have shoulder length, dark brown hair, and I am wearing a yellow shirt. And I have the same UCI care blue background as everyone. Hello, my name is Andrea Valentini. My pronouns are she, they. I am a member of Delta Gamma and the Director of Scholarship. I am calling in today from Irvine and a quick description. Um, I have the same blue background as all of the other wonderful people on this call with Peter the Anteater and UCI Care Contact. Um, and I have short blonde hair that is in a bun and I'm wearing a white shirt. Hi everyone, my name is Brenda Lee. I use she, her pronouns, and I am currently the Vice President of Finance for Alpha Chi Omega. Um, I'm calling in from Los Angeles, California, and a quick description of myself. I have long black hair, I'm wearing a gray hoodie, and I also have the same care, UCI care background. All right. Thank you, everybody. So for our 11th episode today, we're going to be discussing sorority and fraternity life and power-based personal violence. We also want to make a quick disclaimer that all of our guests today um, have involvement with panhellenic sororities, so we don't have full representation of sorority and fraternity life organizations, um, specifically from the Interfraternity Council or Multicultural Greek Council. Um, and to preface our discussion, we'll be conversing on topics that may be sensitive or some. Um, so just a quick explanation about Greek life for those who don't know. Um, Greek life is a group, it's a group of organizations that were started um, focusing on um, sisterhood and brotherhood, and they focus on philanthropy um, and also just have a strong historical presence in the U.S. Um, and yeah, that's a little bit about Greek life. I'll let me so our first question for today is, tell us how you got involved with sorority fraternity life and what you gained from it. So I actually went to school at UCSC for two years and that's when I decided to rush. So I was never planning on rushing. 
But then in sophomore year, one of my roommates, she was like, I'm going to go rush tonight. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, I literally have nothing else to do. So yes. And then I ended up making it past the first round of rushing. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll just like stick it out. And then that's how I ended up in Cap Alpha Theta. And I honestly did not expect to enjoy being in a sorority so much, but I feel like I definitely made strong friendships with like people I honestly don't know if I would have met had it not been for like being in a sorority. But like just knowing that there's like a group of people like I can fall back on even if I don't like know them as well. Like I just feel like supported enough that I feel like I can go to like anyone with my concerns. And like it is nice being in a pretty diverse group. I feel like I really relate to what Irene said. I feel like a lot of the things that I've gained from my sorority definitely like alliance, but what I guess really brought me in, like why I wanted to join Greek life to begin with, I was super involved in high school. And I remember having like such a strong community for me. And I was like, when I go to college, like this is a new experience. I was like, I need to find that kind of home away from home aspect um, being in this new environment. So I was like, oh, I want to rush. So I always, I went into college knowing I wanted to go through sorority recruitment. So I feel like I had a different I guess experience in a lot of people because I think some people just fall into it but I kind of had that intention and so I went through fall quarter of my freshman year and I've been there since and I can't imagine my college experience without my sorority or being with these group close of group people this close group of people oh my goodness and um, I guess what else I've gained is just a lot of leadership experience as I mentioned earlier I am the vice president of finance and I started my term the past winter quarter. So um, this is like, I've had it for a couple of months now. And I definitely gained a lot of like professional experience and things that I feel like I can take going into, you know, my professional career. So that, that there's so many things you can gain from um, joining this type of organization. Um, I really relate to that, <laughs> especially everything you said about finding home away from home. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. I knew that I wanted to go through recruitment when I came to UCI. My older sister um, was in a sorority for all four years of her college experience, and I just kind of watched her go through that and make a lot of friends and get a lot of really important leadership experience and eventually get a job from it. And I was like, that looks great. So um, so that's kind of what inspired me to do it. Um, and so I rushed my um, freshman year, fall quarter, right off, right off the bat, um, and I have always been really thankful for what sorority fraternity life has given me. Um, I was able to get really involved. I was on the panel and executive board last year, um, and so I really just have enjoyed giving back to that community because it was my foundation coming into UCI, and I'm from a really small town um, from NorCal, so I barely knew anyone coming to Irvine and so I really wanted to find a place where I didn't feel like I was just the tiniest fish in the giant pond that is UCI and I would just kind of know some people off the bat and it definitely was way more than I could have expected. I joined, I rushed my second year because a lot of my friends rushed first year um, and they really liked it but initially I was like I'm not a sorority girl, I'm not going to join a sorority. And then this year I ended up becoming the president of my sorority, so, you know, the tables have turned. Um, and yeah, like everyone else has kind of said and touched upon, I've gained a lot of 
leadership experience and I've learned a lot and gained a very strong support system. So for our next question, um, we wanted to ask, um, how does being involved in SFL affect your social circles and the relationships that you've formed through your time at university? We all kind of touched upon this, but um, just going a little bit more in depth, I guess. Okay, so I like split my college friends in like two groups. Either I met them through Theta or I met them like through classes or like anywhere outside of Greek life. So I think a lot of times like, the first reaction I feel like I get from everyone, regardless of whether or not they were in Greek life, is like, oh, you're in, like, Greek life. And I'm like, yes, I know. It looks weird, but I swear it's actually, like, I've really enjoyed my time. But I find that usually with people who are not, like, currently in a sorority and are not enjoying, like, their time or, like, they have a more favorable view of Greek life, I feel like sometimes they can be, like, kind of judgmental which I understand because that was me for like freshman year of college, but it's kind of like, don't knock it until you try it, I guess. Although I do realize that there are definitely a lot of issues with Greek life. So I do understand why there's like a negative view of it for people who typically aren't in Greek life or like have friends who are, I guess, or just don't have a favorable view overall of Greek life. Um, I can go. I think that I definitely agree. Like you, time you tend to kind of gravitate towards the people that are involved in it because one, they kind of understand everything that's going on. Like I, I remember, like I would always talk to other friends about stuff going on in Greek life, and they would just not understand at all. And I was like, oh, this sounds really weird from an outside perspective. Um, but people on the inside, you know, they get it and understand. So I think there is something to be said about um, being close to people who are able to resonate with what you are experiencing but also I think that since Greek life was the first community that I found at UCI it was what I immediately attached to but then once I had that that basis and like foundation I felt like I was like stable enough to go and seek out other opportunities and I feel like that was more the focus of my second and third year and especially going into my senior year so I kind of see it as like the jumping off point that I really needed um, to make me feel like I was capable of pursuing like other leadership, um, mentorship roles, stuff like that. Um, and I'm still really close with a lot of people within my sorority. I mean, my literally my housemate <laughs> is um, in my sorority as well, but I really think it was foundational to my ability to branch out. I'll go next. I totally relate to what you're saying. I feel like that's so true about, you know, Greek life starting out, especially for both of us starting our first year, like being that foundation for us to move on. And that's definitely what I've gone through. I mean, I'm only in my second year, but it was like through Greek life that I was able to find um, this organization called AIP that I'm involved in. And that's how I got my internship. So that was one thing. And then you know, networking through my sorority sisters, I was able to, I guess, get the courage to join a professional fraternity, which I'm now a part of as well. So I guess like I'm part of that part of Greek life too, but you know, that's definitely something I never saw myself ever doing. And if it wasn't for the relationships that I built from my sorority and that circle of people, it definitely would not be where I am today, so. Thank you all for sharing. So kind of building upon that, uh, we wanted to go uh, into specifically talking a little bit more about um, 
big little dynamics and uh, kind of the positive sides and the negative sides just different how does that how does being having a big affect a relationship to a your chapter and other chapters within this school? specifically just having a big not being a big or also either way either way just okay. a big little relationship is kind of what i yeah. want to say um okay i can go first um so like i said joined my freshman year um my big i'm still very close with her and she lives down the street from me um so i see her all the time now um but i she was one of the first people that i met in the chapter that i like really looked up to um and i saw as a person that was like a role model and that's what really drew me to her and so i think that made me it also introduced me to all of her friends and i realized like there was a group of people that i really thought were admirable and i wanted to like fall in those footsteps and so i think that kind of set my trajectory afterwards um and it definitely made me feel really tied to the chapter and then i got my own little and she's my pride and joy literally i feel like her mother um <laughs> which isn't the case for everyone and i know that that's really um something that's interesting in our community and i try to like make sure that my little doesn't feel like because i'm her big i'm like the only older member in the chapter that she can be friends with because people who do that like that makes me upset because it, it's frustrating you know like i i would rather people that i care about get as many as many like friends and meaningful connections as possible rather than be like you are only my child you know what i mean i think that's weird so um so i think that that's definitely something i've tried to push and also just look out for the other girls that um aren't my little but i still care about because you know they're in the chapter and so i think big little is great when it works well and when you are like able to keep that connection but it is something that can be kind of like a false promise within our community and i think like there's this whole pressure of like oh my relationship with my big needs to be perfect otherwise like i'm not supposed i shouldn't be in a sorority or like my oh my little should like love me forever or like i'm a terrible person and that's just it's just not how it should be um but i i think like it takes work and also knowledge that a big little process goes so fast it's really hard to pick someone that you can be friends with for like years and years and years after like a couple weeks of meeting like 100 people so um <laughs> i i do wish there was less like pressure and emphasis on it but i also think that um it it, it can be really meaningful and it can make people feel very connected to their chapter i wish it wasn't the only way that people feel connected to their chapter though because then if like you have a falling out with your big or like you and your little don't get along or like it isn't just as perfect as like the honeymoon stage <laughs> feels like then it's like why am i here you know if you put all of your eggs into that basket then it's like you don't you're not tied to the rest of the chapter okay uh it can go now i really resonated with what you said about like making sure like it's like it's ideal when you do have a good relationship with your big and like if you're also big yourself then also with your little but don't let that be like the end all be all for like connections and like a sorority because what happened for me was i technically have two bigs i have one from ucsc who i'm still like extremely close with and then i have a pseudo big at uci and we both mutually I mutually agreed to let her pick me up 
but for my UCSD big I didn't feel like a power dynamic like the way like you might feel if you're paired with someone who's older because she was my age and I think she was only like a few months older so that made the big little for me it made the big little relationship like a little less intense because I was like she's literally in like the same boat as me like we're figuring out stuff together and it feels like just having like a nice mutual support system because there's like no pressure to like follow on her footsteps or whatever so that was nice but on the other hand my UCI big she is older than me and for the most part she has her ish together so it was nice to see that like have someone guide me in the steps like as I became a senior and then like as I'm looking for like what I'm gonna do like post-grad like just having that kind of reassurance that someone's like been there done that is definitely very helpful and then I also picked up this past year and I think it's definitely like maintaining a big like a good big little relationship definitely takes worse because or work I don't know why I said worse but um because I think you mentioned earlier, like with the honeymoon stage, it's easy to get caught up in that. But then afterwards, especially because I have not met my little in person yet, thanks to COVID. So it's definitely taken a lot of work to like make sure that she knows that I definitely support her and like want her to like meet other people within the chapter and stuff. But yeah, just like even if you don't get lucky with like bigs or littles like the way I did. Don't let that discourage you from like talking to other people in the chapter because no one should have to have a specific position in relation to you to like be a kind of like mentor or like model to follow, I guess, or just like an equal support system. I feel like the big little relationship should be a gateway to the rest of the chapter rather than a the end-all be-all. I think I already used that. Um, I got really lucky with my big to have her as not only a mentor but someone that I would consider my really close friend and she really helped me integrate into the chapter and feel like I wasn't alone especially I think joining fall your pledge class is so big that it's really easy to kind of just get lost and like I don't know I'm not I mean as much as I would say I'm extroverted it's really easy for me to kind of just like stay with my stay by myself and not really put myself out there and I feel like especially in that type of environment it's really easy to kind of just like oh like take your own way and just stay in the corner and not really put yourself out there unless you want to so having her kind of like push out and like be like come like you're gonna hang out and whatnot so she like really helped me kind of break out of that shell which I'm so grateful for but I think one thing that she I think she told me once she picked me up but one thing that she really emphasized was that like, especially in looking for a big, I know um, y'all have mentioned it before, but like finding that perfect, perfect relationship and kind of having that idea of it. But she also said, like, you know, when I find a big, I don't want someone that's just a mentor and like kind of looking for someone as a best friend. And I think that kind of goes to what Irene was saying of finding an equal. And I think, you know, a big, just the idea of that there's like a big and a little almost like inf implies that you have to have this like mentorship aspect. And it's like weird if you're, little is older than you because it's like this idea that they have to be older you know and like for me like after I was like oh I do see you as a mentor like that's so true but I want to see you as a best friend because at the same time like 
you know, she's only two years older than me. And maybe right now in college, that seems like so far off, like we're different on different paths, but like four or five years from now, when we graduate and we're, you know, having our full-time jobs or whatnot, like we're really not that different in terms of our age and really our life experience. So I think it, it can be hard for someone like looking for a big to be like, oh my gosh, like right now in college, like what do I need? But I think a lot of times, you know, within sorority, these are friendships and connections that you're going to have for the rest of your life. So also thinking of like, you know, not just now, but what are these relationships that I can see moving forward, I think is really important to look at too. So. Yeah, I kind of have like, I have more of a mentor experience with my big, I would say. Um, she was a fourth year and I was a second year, but I'm also young for my year. So I'm like quite a bit younger than her. Um, and she was a, a double major in dance and biology and I'm doing dance and psychology. And she really um, kind of guided me through what I needed to do, help me with everything. But at the same time, I never felt a power dynamic with her. I just knew that she was there to help me. And I feel like a lot of people will take it as a power dynamic um, because now this is their little. Um, and I feel like that's not what it's supposed to be. You just need to help someone ease their way into gaining more leadership experience or more friendships or whatever they want from the chapter. Um, and I think it's also hard to hear people saying like, oh, I want my big to be older than me and I need my big to be the same major as me and I need my big to be this, this, this. It's like, you don't know where you're going to make that connection. Like one of my littles is, she was a transfer um, and we were the same year. She's an English major and like, we're so not similar. Like when you think about it, like in terms of those superficial things, but we get along really well and she's so sweet. And like what my one of my other little is a BME major and the other one's a cog sci major. So it's like we're just all over the map, but we all like I get along with all of them. Um, and that they also all have their own friends within the sorority outside of me. Like I'm not the only person that they can go to, which I think is really important because otherwise it can be a really isolating experience when it's supposed to be a experience that helps you, I feel like. If I can add to that really quick, um, I think the people that like look for like a cookie cutter mold of the perfect big are the ones that like don't actually get anything out of the experience. And it's, it makes me sad. I'm like, why, why are you so sad on like the way that this looks and instead you just should be looking for like a friend or like a buddy, you know? <laughs> but I think that it's so much more important to go into it saying like, this is, it's okay to have like, I want like someone who I can look to as a mentor, like, that's fine. There's no like judgment in that. But if you're looking in like, oh, I, she needs to be this year and this major and whatever, I'm like, eh. you, then you're just trying to fill like some idea in your head. It's not, it's not gonna be as deep and as meaningful if you're looking for a certain person, you know? For our third question, um, we're going to ask, how do you think the historical exclusion of certain groups from the SFL community affects the current context of power structures in SFL? For example, marginalized groups like POC, gender exclusivity, etc. Okay, I can go. Um, so for me, I can't really think of like an explicit like thing that affects like current context and power structures. But the one thing I do think it definitely affects are like or like Greek life stereotypes 
like for instance every time I say I'm in a sorority everyone's like what <laughs> like and I'm just like you don't have to tell me I'm not white I'm not blonde I'm sure there's probably other requirements that I think people think about when they think about like what do I picture like a typical sorority girl looking like so it's kind of just like a little annoying to think that like these orgs can't be diverse because they can't like I've I mean I don't know how it is in like a lot of other colleges especially like I don't know maybe in the south or something where I think they'd be more traditional for lack of a better word but like in places like UCSE and like UCI I found that there's like a bunch of like different people like people who you like I keep saying like you might not expect to find in Greek life but you still do and I think that uh, the longer I've been in Greek life like seeing more representation like seeing more like POC like feel comfortable enough to like rush and like stay on has been like really pretty like that's been wholesome to see because like I think everyone deserves to like be able to feel like that sense of like sisterhood or I guess like brotherhood because I know that's something I really like treasured during my time in college and I think barriers that POC typically face like when trying to like rush for these things like just being excluded based on appearance or like I don't know like not being able to like pay like the dues or like fees for rushing and stuff like making sure that everyone has like that kind of access and like they feel comfortable enough in knowing that their looks alone aren't going to get them like rejected from being Greek life. Um, Greek life's history is ugly. That's just like the root of it. Um, so it can be really, really difficult to try and justify how it is now when it's built on a foundation of exclusion. Um, I do think that UCI specifically Greek life does a decent job. I think any chapter can be better and always do more, but I do, I do see efforts and I think that that's good. But I also know like my perspective is swayed because I am a person who holds privilege as being a white person as oh there's there's a whole bunch of things especially within Greek life I I know that I fit like the typical mold and so I will never really understand the perspective of someone that is a person of color or another marginalized group but I do see there is a need for progress and I it's hard when it's built on that foundation of you hear the horror stories of horrible things that people have done and the ways that people have been excluded and just microaggressions and so many different things and it's not enough that those don't exist anymore it should be like actively worked in the other direction where these things are celebrated and I think that given all of the the big movements in the last year that there are more steps being taken but I mean I don't think that that progress is going fast enough so um it is it is hard and it's hard to change that demographic when those reputations do exist and those stereotypes even if they aren't necessarily accurate for that chapter it does reflect the community as a whole and the shortcomings that have happened for so long and so it's not something that's going to happen overnight um but I do hope that 
it can eventually because I think that SFL has the potential to be a very like inclusive and community-based organization that doesn't rely on those power structures in order to attract members, but it'll take work. Um, I would say from like a personal like point of, or just like my personal experience, if I didn't go to UCI, I definitely would have felt way more intimidated. And I even sometimes question like what I've really gone through recruitment or just the rush experience if I wasn't at UCI or any school maybe like in California just because I don't know I guess having that like that historical background and just being like I don't fit that mold and like being aware of my difference I guess from what you know what you expect so I think there's like like I'm sorry, I don't know what I was going to say, but it just like there is so much work that needs to be done. And I think we are taking the steps, right? But um, it's it's going to be hard. Like, I don't think there's, it's just really hard to say because I think SFL has been painted in this way and trying to change that narrative. We can do it, right? And like maybe like everyone that's in that community can say, we don't like this is, we're not okay with this. We want to make a change and this is what we're doing. But I think it's so hard for people outside of the community to like maybe really accept that change because they've been so tainted with what has been happening like historically. And so, I mean, not to say that everyone is like really close-minded and they're not going to accept it, but I think there's just so much history that needs to be like unpacked pretty much and kind of like showing what we're doing. So it's almost like we have to put in extra effort being in this community to change that narrative. And also not do that in a way where it looks like we're trying to cover our tracks, which is really yes important. Like we cannot, no performative activism, any of that, because then it's just like, you're trying to get out of the reputation and not, you're trying to not be horrible. Just making efforts that are just to be a better organization and not to have a better reputation. Yeah, I can't agree more with that. And I think, See, this is where it gets hard too, because I think uh, there is so many, like within Greek life, like these expectations of like bringing up like, oh, like a top house and like how you look within like SFL, right? And within the community. And it's like, well, we want to have like a strong reputation and show off, but like you have to like show a better face or whatever. And I think that also, you know, kind of ties in and it's just a mess. So Yes, I just totally agree with you. Hello, everyone. This is Melissa Bader Huskin, Violence Prevention Coordinator at the CARE Office. I just wanted to hop in just a moment to give a little bit of clarification. So, Brenda just mentioned um, the term top house. And so, top house typically within the National Fraternity and Sorority Life um, community has a different meaning on each campus, but typically when people refer to Top House, they're referring to the most prestigious group on that campus or the most desirable. And this can be based off of a variety of different reasons. Sometimes it's based off the people in the organization, the types of events that they put on, the accomplishments of that organization, or a variety of other reasons. And so it means different things within each community. Um, and our guests are going to talk a little bit more about what they see that means to them when they talk about Top House. And 
why it might be a little bit of a problematic term, both in this conversation as well as in part two. And so just wanted to provide that quick clarification and we'll go ahead and get back to the conversation. Yeah, I agree with like both of you guys on that. It's just like hard because on one hand, I do feel like people, I guess, have been calling for like the abolition of like Greek life. I feel like obviously they have like valid points, but it's just like hard because like if I feel like if a lot of them experienced it like firsthand, like maybe they wouldn't be so fixed like on the idea like and see that I do honestly think change is possible in Greek life. It's just like what is stopping like orgs from moving or like carrying out like actions that could be like more diverse. Oh my god, that's not the word I was looking for. I think inclusive was the word I was looking for. Or like why is it taking them a while? Like I did not know until this past year that we did not even have like a chief of diversity slash inclusion. Like that was just really sad. Like I was just like it took y'all like I love data, but I was like, it took y'all like 150 years for this to happen. Like, are like, would this have even happened had it not been for like BLM protests like last year? It's just like mind boggling. I totally agree. I thought the same thing um, when they were like, in, in one of our meetings, they were like, yeah, so we have a new position. It's the Belonging, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Chair. And I was like, wait. <laughs> Hold on. Give me a second to process the fact that it's 2021 and now we have that position. You're like, new? <laughs> new? <laughs> Literally. But um, so what I was going to add, also, I, I would just wanted to remark on everyone's faces when Brenda said top house. Those two words, everyone just had pain in their faces. And I agree. I agree with that sen sentiment. But um, I was going to say, I feel like a lot of the pushing comes from the collegiate level and a lot of the not pushback but or necessarily resistance but um kind of indifference comes from the more national like org level if that makes sense like the older members who are alumni even today this morning i got a text from the president of uci panhellenic um, and she sent it to everyone, all of the Panhellenic presidents, and it was about a, I guess, like a letter to the National Panhellenic Council um, asking for them to push forward their decision to allow non-binary individuals into Panhellenic sororities. So like, and there were this list of names, like from all over the country, like I saw North Carolina, I saw Missouri, I saw California, I saw Washington, like this list of names of college presidents or members who had signed was from all across the country and we're the ones that are pushing for this change and i feel like part of the reason that things are happening more slowly is because people want to take a moderated approach and don't want to be political and things like that um, which is really frustrating i think from the collegiate level when we want to change things and make greek life a thing that is seen as more for good yeah, kind of going off of that, like, I remember hearing about that and how it got, like, they didn't reject it, but they didn't accept it either. And so they're, like, appealing it right now, right? Is that what's yeah, happening? Yeah, I, I think they just delayed the decision. Like, they hmm. just didn't make a decision. <laughs> they said, not uh, right now. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. I mean, I think there's something to be said about the fact that I was scared to change my pronouns to she, they, because I was in a sorority. So, um, yeah, I, there's so much progress that needs to be done. Um, and that's the inclusion of non-binary individuals is something that's definitely up there. And it's so weird that people just don't because it's not women technically but it's just like i don't know it's it's so unnecessarily complicated is the issue is like why has this been an issue and it's because the people that are above the collegiate level are like you said like they're just they're just not making decisions that would be helpful it's all very complicated i feel like but all we can do is really push for further inclusion and hopefully change things for the better. And I feel like UCI itself does a good job of that. And a lot of our Greek life is like a lot of the stuff that we've been doing, especially in the past year, I feel like has been so focused on inclusion and making sure that we are doing the right thing and in a non-performative way, which I think is really great. It makes me very happy. Um, so thank you all for sharing your insight and experiences. And I'm very grateful that we've been able to cultivate the space to talk about such an important topic. With that being said, this marks the first part, the end of the first part of our discussion. Um, but come back next time where we'll be continuing our conversation on sorority and fraternity life and power-based personal violence. Thanks for tuning into the Narrative Project Podcast. We hope you all enjoyed the dialogue we had today. Please remember, should you need support from the care office, please call us at 949-824-7273 or email us at care at uci.edu. Our services are available to UCI students, staff, and faculty members Monday through Friday, 8 a.m., 5 p.m. PST. The UCI Counseling Center is available at 949-824-6457 and offers 24-hour access to counselors by phone. And for Waymaker's 24-hour hotline, they can be contacted at 949-831-9110 in South Orange County or 714-957-2737 for North Orange County. They can provide resources and referrals for survivors of sexual assault. Human Auctions 24-hour hotline is available at 877 854 3594 and provides resources, safety, and support for individuals experiencing relationship abuse. For those outside of Orange County, the National Sexual Assault Hotline can be reached at 1-800-656-4673 or through online chat at rain.org. that's r-a-i-n-n dot o-r-g for resources and referrals for survivors of sexual assault. And the National Domestic Violence Hotline can be reached at 1-800-799-7233 or through online chat at thehotline.org. That's T-H-E-H-O-T-L-I-N-E dot O-R-G for resources and referrals for survivors of individuals experiencing relationship abuse. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, Please be sure to share it with someone you know and join us for our next conversation. Bye for now.